Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators when people present a problem right they'll usually start telling you like well i can't do this or this doesn't work right they're going to tell you some some absolute negatives people will start with the cannots and i dig into those cannots with a why not that's impossible let me tell you what i believe your weakness is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. Know you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast. Because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this, the solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm sat across from a man who was once struck by lightning and rather than dying, absorbed the energy and stayed up for 16 days straight playing Halo. He went on to become a professional video game (laughs) player and later joined the Special Forces. That's right, folks. My friend and colleague, the former Navy SEAL... Garrett Unklebach, a man who can kill you in the virtual world as well. It's like a true story you made up. Well, there's a lot of truth in that because this is one of the things I always think is amazing is you have so many different things you've done. You actually were a professional video game player for a short period. Once upon a time. Yeah, and that's the story for another time, which we will not go into, because today we are talking about the one thing that everyone has. Oh, I, don't even, I don't even get a chance to comment on your intro. That's cool. Let's just do it. Dude, your, your lack of emotion and the deadness in your eyes as you look at me <laughs> was all the commentary you needed. No, I was going to say that one's actually, that, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Most of the time, your intros just make me feel like an entertainment pinata. Like I'm just here for, <laughs> for entertainment Do you purposes. need a hug today, G? No. Okay, I'm just making sure. No, I mean, it is no, kind of. I thought that one was good. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I'm glad to hear that you found that funny. And you're never like embellish the truth to be funny. Don't just like make stuff up, you know, but I actually think making stuff up is, is really can also be funny. You're right. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's do it. All right. I'm glad glad we went down that rabbit hole today. We are talking super valuable, very valuable today. We are talking about the one thing that everyone has. No, Garrett, it's not COVID. I'm talking about problems. Problems are a thing that everyone has in some area of their life all the time. 
And some people are even addicted to problems. You once made a quote, and that spawned this whole episode, believe it or not. As always, Garrett will say these things. I, I really, like, that's how you know you have a good co-host, a good friend, a good brother. Like, he'll say stuff to me, and, like, sometimes people in my life, I got to say things a lot for them to catch it. And you'll, I'll say something, like, you'll bring something up that, like I said to you six months ago, and you're like, I still remember when you said this. So, oh, good glad. job listening. Hey, honestly, I didn't mean to go down the sidetrack, but on a serious note, man, I'm a learner. Like, and yes. so when I see somebody that's worth learning from, one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast with you is because I believe you're a very elite individual, and I think that you Thank have you. a lot in you that needs to be shared with other people, and I think the fruit of your life speaks to that. So when I'm around somebody that I love, respect, and I rate highly, I pay a lot of attention. I'm very intentional about learning from people. Uh, so that's a complete tangent but it's part of what makes you awesome well thank you g wow man this this is like the most positive start we've ever had i feel like at the end you're probably just going to punch me in the face because i won't see it coming yeah for sure okay. i'm just setting you up for it oh, man. speaking of that learning will be my problem speaking of learning right you're a learner um and problem solving let's put those together segue Ooh, okay. world economic forum okay what is the world economic forum it's this big group of smart people and there's lots of them and they get together every year and they talk about they talk about world economics. This is everything from uh, job numbers to mortgage numbers to, you know, the airline industry. They talk about anything that's economic related, which yeah. is a lot of things. Yeah. They also give uh, job numbers and they give skill numbers. They talk about what the future is going to look like in the World Economic Forum for 2020. The 2021 uh, one hasn't come out. I don't know if they do a jobs and skills report every year. I think they do it like every three or four years. Anyways, uh, anywho. Ooh. He's in a special Chris, mood Chris today. Farley reference. Yeah. Um, anywho, World Economic Forum 2020, they put out the top skills for 2025. Number one, analytical thinking and innovation. I can appreciate that. Number two, active learning. There mm -hmm. you go, Nick. You're super valuable. Th and then number three, these are top skills for 2025. They're presenting things that like, Hey, if you're thinking about how am I going to be valuable in the workplace? What are the things that I need uh, to have a great job or to be a great business owner? Top skills for 2025 from world economic forum. So these are people that are analyzing global economy, have massive amounts of data and yes. a lot of brain and compute power to compute that data. They said the third most uh, important skill is complex problem solving. Mm which is what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Man, I love that. You basically got a bunch of some of the smartest people in the world and futurists to tell us what will be valuable. You know what I love? Let me, I'll just quickly read the other yeah, list. I was say, I'm curious. I'll quit. The, this is there? top 15. 15. I'll okay. quickly read the other ones just to give some perspective yeah, to the other things that are on the list. Number four, critical thinking and analysis. Number five, creativity, originality, and initiative. Hmm. Six, leadership and social influence. That should be number one. Number seven, technology use, monitoring, and control. Number eight, technology design and programming. Number nine, come on. I didn't even see this one earlier. I didn't read the whole list. What a knucklehead. Number nine, resilience, stress, tolerance, and flexibility. Come on. The podcast future is bright, man. I love this. <laughs> Number 10, it's on here twice. Yeah. Reasoning, problem solving, and ideation. Jeez. It's one of my top I, it's I one know, of my strengths. I know you're top five. So this is, number three was complex problem solving. Second mention, just regular yeah, problems. Just regular problems. Not even solving. complex. Yeah. Jeez. Like, even if you're not that good at it, please. Yeah, start we, with the basics. Yeah. We need you. We need you. Oh, man. Problem solving is important. It's on here twice. Yeah. Number 11, emotional intelligence. Number 12, troubleshooting and user experience. Troubleshooting is basically problem solving. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. This is getting better. Number 13, service orientation. Huh. Always important. 14, system analysis and evaluation. 
Number 15, persuasion and negotiation. Mm. Top so, skills for so 2025. Sales, guys, sales guys are still going to be needed in 2025 yes. based on number 15. Yes. Man, there's so we could literally go off on a massive tangent, but that's the kind of thing you do over dinner, not on a podcast. So we're going to stick to this. Maybe so we'll do a podcast and dinner at the same time. At some I point. mean, that would be kind of hard for the listeners to hear as we're chewing our thoughts, <laughs> but you know, it could be fun. So the whole goal of this podcast, the first thing we want to do, and I hope that you're already going with us, is to help people realize the value of being a problem solver. Like the more problems you solve, the more valuable you'll become. Because as we said, everybody has problems. So regardless of what your job is, this will add value to you, not only from a professional standpoint, but also in your personal life. So we A, want to look at the, the value of those, but then we also want to give you a approach, a way of thinking and some systematic steps to solve problems. And fortunately, we have a very good problem solver sat across from me. Uh, Gary, I mean, you, you guys in the SEAL teams were, you guys were taught to solve problems. That was a big part Absolutely. of it. That's, that's what you're doing is problem solving. And sometimes it's just violent problem solving. Yeah. And where, but that really is 1% of the job. Truly, you're doing a lot of problem solving. And sometimes it's logistical problem solving, but you're always like, it has to get done. So we got to figure out how to do it. And it is just problems every day. Right. I mean, that's, that's part of that guarantee, that 100% mission success guarantee. You can't go into something and be like, ooh, that problem looks unsolvable. Mistakes are, mistakes are inevitable, but failure is unacceptable. There you go. I mean, so the first thing we're going to do. It could be like a life motto. It could be a life motto. You know, maybe get that tattooed across your back. <laughs> <laughs> Only God can judge me. Oh, that'll go right below it. Yeah. Anyways, so if you have those tattoos, by the way, we're not judging you. That was just, uh, that was just <laughs> random. So I have seen that tattoo quite a bit at the, uh, at the gym in particular. Anyways, so three common failures. What gym do you go to? <laughs> It's 24-hour fitness back in the day. I very I remember there was a dude that I used to work out with that had that tattooed on his arm with some praying hands. Oh, that's no good. It, I always remembered it. Weird. Anyways, so first thing we want to do, before we get into the actual approach and get into the thought process for problem solving, we want to talk about the opposite of problem solving, which is where, I mean, everyone that's listening to this will have solved problems, and oftentimes we have failed at solving problems. I know I can uh, put my hand up for that many times. So we want to look at the three most common failures involved in problem solving so we can identify where a lot of people go wrong first before we then lay the track for the right way problem solving is going to be a topic um i'm surprised it's taken us this long honestly to get to it this is going to be one of those ones that we'll do over and over again because i have so much to say on problem solving it's one of my favorite topics i was telling nick a story earlier how when i was in fourth grade i competed on future problem solvers of america like problem solving's always been my thing uh, it's great to think about the way that you think and be a great thinker. I like problem solving. I say all that to say uh, we were talking about before the problem of what do we want to talk about on this podcast. And I told Nick, uh, I can't just try to synthesize everything that I know for a podcast. So I'm telling you that we'll revisit this many times where we wanted to start it, where we wanted to start with uh, on the topic of problem solving or what are the three most common failures in problem solving? Yeah, and then we will, like we said, give you that that approach. So the first one, and, and we went through this, and I, I do have to back up what Garrett said. Oftentimes when we go through these, you explore a wide range. We don't just get on here and say whatever pops in our head. Garrett had a lot to say about this. He's a, a both a business coach and a personal coach. So, I mean, you get paid, I'll say, a healthy fee. to. Uh, I also run to, a business where I solve lots of problems. Right. So, so this is not something that you left behind whenever you left the teams. This no. is uh, an everyday Problem thing. Problem solving is a way of life. Yeah. And, it, and really, it's a, it's a way of life for everybody because, like we said, everyone has problems. So number one common, most common failure is solving the wrong problem, which is sounds stupid, if I'm being honest. But it, it, truly, it is the most common one. When I get invited or asked uh, to go uh, work with people in their business, 
it starts with a problem. Hey, like, I mean, if I don't ask, if, if they don't tell me right away, I'm going to ask them. But most of the time they just tell me, hey, I'm having this problem. Hey, I've got a bunch of employees that have an attitude problem. I'm quit, like, I don't ask them right away because I develop relationship and rapport with the people that I'm working with. And I don't want to start with accusations, though I am very direct in my coaching. Um, my immediate question is internally is, is that really the problem? Mm. Right. And that's what I'm going to answer. I'll ask them some questions to help me answer it. And then eventually I, w- I will ask them, do you think that's actually the problem or are there other problems that are creating that problem? So the number one most common problem solving failure is solving the wrong problem. Mm. And the, what'll make you solve the, the reason you would, let's just use that example for a second, right? Um, that is a frustrating problem, having employees with an attitude issue, yeah, right? Common. And if you are a leader and you have employees that have an attitude issue, it's going to, in most people, elicit an emotional response out of you, which is frustration. Mm-hmm. Frustration is an emotion, right? So what are you going to do? You're going to latch on to the wrong problem. Like, I'm really tired of dealing with this, right? And mm-hmm. you're going to go chase the wrong rabbit. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because I was immediately taken back to the episode we did on habits and how I think if I could synthesize that whole episode, it came down to most people pursue the habit rather than they get the why and then the Mm -hmm. habit is the result. That's almost kind of like people's approach to problem solving is they identify something that's a pain and they just try and do what they think it's going to take to make that pain go away rather than actually looking at the source of the pain or the why behind it. Is that is that a fair sort of parallel? No, that's, I'd say that's accurate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that just dawned on me, so I wanted to share it. So number two, and we're going to get into this much bigger, for the most second most common failure is your attitude about the problem. Yes, second most common problem-solving failure is attitude about the problem, which I would say also um, goes with the first most common failure, mm. right? You touched on it, yeah. Yeah, like I just talked about, you're, you're latching on to the uh, bad attitude employees that are frustrating you you not having the right attitude about the problem that you're trying to solve is going to, to either make you incapable of solving the problem, right? If you have a bad mm-hmm. attitude about the problem, if you're thinking, well, it can't be done anyways, or if your attitude is making you focus on the wrong things. Right. So we're attitude and emotion are kind of tied together there and what we're talking about. So if we're coming from a place of frustration or anger, A, that's not going to be a helpful lens to start with. But B, I feel like the attitude is actually a little bit of a separate thing here because you're saying the attitude, and you touched on it, you said if you don't believe it can be solved. So the the attitude could be, is kind of separate to the emotion, but the emotion will probably generate some of the the attitude. Emotions are things that you feel. Um, attitudes, I would say like, this is just simplifying it for the sake of this conversation. Emotions are something that you feel. Attitudes are something that you express, Mm. right? I can feel feelings, but my attitude is going to give you an indicator of the type of feelings that I'm having, right? Mm. You don't have to share all of the feelings that you have. There's nothing wrong with feeling them, but sometimes your attitude, the way that you, you're going to impact the people around you in your situation by the feelings that you express, not the ones that you feel. Man, that's so good. Did you just make that up or was that? That's just, yeah, that's just me trying to simplify it. I appreciate that. And that, this is kind of, kind of an unlock of it as your, as a, your co-host and friend of seeing, cause, <laughs> no, I'm serious because you say, you say the fastest way to not hang out with Garrett is to have a bad attitude. Right. And then you also would say that one of your biggest strengths is emotional control. And you just touched on the, the part that emotions play in attitudes because we all feel emotions, but you're saying yeah, that the attitude I'm, is what you express. I'm not emotionally mute. Right. No, Thanks. I know that. I feel overwhelmed sometimes. I get frustrated sometimes. For sure. I'm happy, sad, and mad just like every other human being. Right, but you've made a deliberate, intentional choice to have a good attitude so you don't allow I'm those gonna, things I'm to be. I'm always going to be positive. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to differentiate there because I thought that was a really profound definition between the two. And so once again, in case you didn't catch it, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. So you said 
emotions are things that we feel, but your attitude is what you actually express. express. Yeah. Right. It's what's mm. coming out of you. That's good. I like my, that. My mom used to talk about leaking. She'd say like, you're leaking. Uh, and what she's saying, what she means is like, you may be saying the right things, but like, I can feel what's coming out of you. Yes. Right. Yeah. You can't, sense. it's, it's hard to hide your feelings and you shouldn't, you should process them and, and work through them. Not just try to bottle them up. Oh, yeah. They're an indicator. Your emotions are going to let you know that somewhere in your thinking, something's not uh, functioning quite as well as it could I, be. I just resolve the way that Garrett handles emotion is I resolve them quickly. Like, okay, I'm feeling frustrated, right? That is a feeling. It's not a fact. Where is this coming from? What am I going to do to work through it? Um, what is the actual truth in this situation? I'm not going to be frustrated anymore because I don't want to be and I don't have to be. Mm. No, that's good, man. I'm glad. Well, I think that was a worthwhile segue. I want to get to number three here. The third most common failure, and I think all three of these are tied together, but they are not clearly defining the problem. That is, I mean, if you're solving the wrong problem, it's probably because you haven't clearly yep, defined this can, the problem. This one can be attitude impacted as well. Not clearly defined, or solving the wrong problem, attitude about the problem, and then not clearly defining the problem. Mm. This one is people get stuck on a problem and they can't solve it because they're not really, they're saying like, well, I don't have enough of this. Right. Okay. Is it that? Or is it that you don't have the thing that is getting those for you? Right. Right. Like really dig into what the problem is. And so it's not clearly defining the problem. Part of that is problem analysis. Mm. Uh, but when you can clearly state the problem and you can't simplify it anymore, or there's not a layer of problem underneath the problem that isn't like you need to be able to state the problem. Hmm. Okay. So I, I want like when people are, yeah. fr when people come to me frustrated about a problem, okay. I would say, I'll, I will say to them, okay, tell me what the problem is. Right. right. And that will usually, uh, go into a couple rounds of questions. Now, is that really the problem or is it this? Okay. Well, is that really the problem or is it this? We're going to break it down. And so you need to get down to the lowest level of problem, which this goes to, we didn't, we didn't give it to him, Nick. You said, you know, I said something that impacted you and we didn't talk about it, did we? I don't think we mentioned. We oh, did. Yeah. yeah, please. So, oh yeah, you're, you're the famous, yeah, the famous quote, the, the quote. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. You, I don't you, think we said it. We just talked I about it. I was so caught off guard with the compliment you paid me at that time. It was so unexpected <laughs> and uh, an impossible life podcast first that I completely got derailed. But yeah, the quote that you said that made me think, and that spawned this whole thing is as always Garrett with these throwaway quotes, like you just heard him talk about the difference between uh, attitude and emotions, which was completely off the top of his head, so he does this all the time, is he said, a complex problem is just a series of simpler problems. Yeah, and so I, I caught that in, in the SEAL teams, and um, I, I heard it for the first time from one of my good friends, Paul. He's an incredible SEAL. Um, he was actually one of my buds instructors. He was in my wedding, oh, wow. um, one of my favorite people. And it's a common way of thinking in the SEAL teams, but I caught it from Paul, and I give him credit for it, even though he won't take credit for it. But all complex problems are just a bunch of simple problems put together. Mm -hmm. And so the, the antidote to the, the poor problem solving, number three, not clearly defining the problem, lies in, in that quote, right? All complex problems are just a bunch of simple problems put together. Complex problems are hard to solve, mm. right? But if you can break that problem down into a bunch of simple problems and then prioritize those problems by which ones are easiest to solve or which ones do I know how to solve, which ones do I have the resources to solve right now, right? I, lo I look at it as like, um, I try to look, at, this is an analogy I make that goes with that quote. Yeah. You know how you have... Um, a lot of people have that drawer in yeah, their house sure. that has a hundred cables in it. The junk drawer. Yeah, yeah. And there's just like all these cables are tangled up, right? If I if you just have to look at that thing of cables and tell me how to pull them all out, 
you can't do it, mm-hmm. right? But you're going to look at it and you're going to find one that's like, oh, this cable is just kind of hanging out here on the edge. Yeah. I can pull this one out. You've just reframed the problem. You've just transferred. We took a, we took one of the yeah. things out of it, right? And now the problem's different. We can look at it differently. Yeah. And then so you just keep solving one simple problem at a time until the problem becomes a bunch of simple problems. Yeah, because the picture changes. You actually just gave a great formula for how to get unstuck, which we have actually had people ask us about, like, what, what would you do? How would you get unstuck? That's a great thing because we often look at the whole challenge and it feels overwhelming, like a complex problem. But every time you solve one of those simple ones, like you just said, the picture changes and it becomes a lot more sensible, a lot more, uh, you know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time, as the old saying goes. And that's exactly what you just said. Like, if you're stuck find one area where you have the resources and you have the ability to solve it and solve that and then see what the picture looks like. So I thought that was, yeah, I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was great. So just in case you missed them, the three most common failures are solving the wrong problem, your attitude about the problem, and not clearly defining the problem. Now, I want to get some problem solving. Oh. Just to, uh, we kind of gave the 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 answer or the antidote for number three. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to try to give an antidote or answer for all of them. I would just say that the point of of identifying the three most common failures in problem solving is to be aware of like, if you're struggling with a problem, ask yourself, is it one of these three things? Am I solving the wrong problem? Mm, Yeah. Okay. Or do I have the wrong attitude about this problem? And that's, if it's not one or three, but you're struggling with a problem, it is probably number two. You probably have the wrong attitude about the problem. But so the the reason we're, we're identifying those for you is it's like, it's the same thing that you might see on the internet. If you're like, why am I struggling to lose weight? Five most common, you know, the reasons why people don't lose weight. It's good to be aware of these things. No, for sure. And these are the three most common failures for problem solving. Yeah, for sure. Now, I would say that you are a, an elite problem solver, but I want to do a little research and get some you know, famous problem solvers on here. Number one was Biggie Smalls because you oh, know, he okay. had no money, mo problems. I thought you were going to go like Einstein or something, but well, that's you know, okay. Biggie's not available, neither is Einstein. My man Jay-Z had 99 problems, but <laughs> you know which one wasn't one. Neither of them responded to requests to go on the podcast, uh, so that was a no-go. So instead, I thought we would go with Garrett's approach to problem solving and actually go through how you solve problems because you've talked about some of the most common failures. You solve problems on a daily basis and have solved them in elite, high-pressure, life-or-death situations. So I think that that, go ahead, and I'm going to put you in the category with my man Jay-Z as an elite problem solver. So I'll, before we even get into it, I do want to say one prerequisite, and we've talked about this before, but one prerequisite it goes to number two most common problem. You have to have an attitude. You have to have the right attitude. Mm-hmm. And you dropped a Zig Ziglar-esque line when we were preparing for this. Uh, and you said, do you, want, do you want to say it yourself? You or? go ahead. You, okay. you like dropping them. You, well, I thought it was just impactful. This is the kind of thing that you just say and you pause for a little bit. So I'm going to pause for dramatic effect. Yeah, you go ahead. Most people, them. when they approach a problem, they start with a cannot. I start with a why not. That's, that's mostly right. What I was trying to say when when I said that, and it's uh, it's cool, it's cool. Let me ex- let me explain uh, that. Man, uh, you didn't say it perfectly right. That's okay. I I gave you the opportunity, man. I was gonna reach over for the sound effect. I was I, was also a test. Oh, I failed miserably. Okay, please <laughs> keep going. Thank when you for people, making me better. When people present a problem, yes, right, they'll usually start telling you like, "Well, I can't do this," right, or "This doesn't work," right. They're gonna tell you some some absolute negatives, mm-hmm. and the first thing I will start with. Like when people say can't, like we can't, people say can't. No, people don't talk like cannot anymore, but it certainly sounds better in a quote, right? People will start with the cannots and I dig into those cannots with a why not. Mm. So people are going to start talking about the problem. Mm. Well, we can't do this. Well, we can't do that. And I'm going to ask you, well, why not? Why can't we do that? And within that, there's, when we dig into that can't, it's either a mistruth 
or it's a known. Mm. And when I say known, I'm referring to logic. Logic is, is a way of thinking that helps you uh, predict the future. Logic is understanding systems and rules. Uh, if you go back to science, logic is a bunch of if-then statements, right? Mm. If I know this, a known, if I have this known piece of information, then this must be the case, right? So coming back to understanding this uh, with those knowns, looking at uh, somebody's can'ts, right? I can't do this, I can't do that, and yeah. I'm going to say, why not? Because within that can't, is one of two things. Either it's not really a can't mm. or it's a known. Like it's a known as in like, yep, that's true. We, we totally can't do that. Like that's not possible. Right. Um, this is like, you know, we can't jump our way to outer space. Okay. So, so, so we need to, now you have a piece of logic that you can make an, if right. I have a from. known piece right. of information and we can start from there. If right. we know what it really, if we know what is outside the realm of possibility, if I can't jump my way to outer space, what, then how do I need to get there? Right. Okay. Right. No, that makes sense. Right. Okay. If I can't, why can't I jump to outer space? Right. Like you can, you can st- you can dig into that. Like, okay. A human can't jump that high. Well, how high would a ju- human have to jump? Well, if a human can't do it, then what could, right. Right. You start by digging into those known pieces of information, but most of the time the can'ts that people are talking about, they're really actually mistruths. Mm. They're they're They have made assumptions that aren't true or they're living under rules um, that actually don't have a place. They're living under rules like the Zig Ziglar story of, and I'll just tell it uh, real quick because this is a great example and this is how a lot of people look at problems and this is a story of a problem Yeah, about cutting the ends yes. off of the ham, right? So this is a, yeah, a story from Zig Ziglar and he's talking about a woman who says to her mom, mom, why do you always cut the ends off the ham? And her mom says, well, I don't know. Uh, my mom always did it that way, right? So that's a rule like... This is just what we do, yeah. right? And so the woman goes to her grandmother and says, Grandma, why do you always cut the ends off the ham? And she says, well, I don't know. I've always just done that. My mom cut the ends off the ham. She goes to her great-grandma, and she asks her great-grandma the same question. Great-grandma, why do you cut the ends off the ham? And she says, well, that's easy. I didn't have a pan that was big enough, Yeah. right? So we've the, the, the understanding of that story is that this is a rule that was created by what we don't understand the rule, right? They yeah. were doing it because it's always been done, not because they had to. They thought you're supposed to just cut the ends off the ham. But great grandma was saying, I don't have a pan that's big enough for my ham, so I got to cut the ends off, right? So that's what I'm saying. When you dig into those cants, mm. sometimes you'll find that you're just cutting the ends off a ham and you've got a pan big enough to put them in there. Mm. You've got these rules that really don't define you. I love breaking rules, yeah, right? We, know that. we talked about uh, some of my... Um, maybe not so moral parking rules, but also I understand what the real rules are. Yeah. People say you can't do that. That doesn't mean I do it, but I understand what the real rule is. People say, oh, you can't park there, right? Let me just give the example. And, and I'm not someone who just like parks in fire lanes, um, but I just, and, and I appreciate and I enjoy challenging things that people say you can't do that. People say you can't park there, they'll tow you. Well, in Texas, uh, unless it's a fire lane or I, don't, I think it applies to handicap too, but all these signs, it's like, you can't park here because it's, you know, 30 minute parking for, to go in this store or five minute parking to pick up your food. Technically uh, you have to be parked uh, incorrectly at like a business or a place like that for 24 hours before they could tow you. Right. Yeah. So technically I'm not saying you should, like there's moral implication as well. Like you shouldn't park in those, but when someone says you can't park there, they'll tow you. That's actually not true, right? So you need to understand what is the real information and understand what rules can be bent and what rules can be broken. Name that movie. 
Oh, man. I was completely thinking about if we gave a bunch of people stickers and you could tell who listened to our podcast because they're all the jerks that are parked where they should be. <laughs> My mind was not even going down a movie quote. That that was from The Matrix. You Dang totally blew it. Yeah, I did blow it. And I would have known that as well. Okay, I'm sorry, man. I let you slide down. But I was completely like just picturing all these people. <laughs> you parking. were somewhere else. Yeah. These Come people, back, Nick. Yeah, I'm with you now. I'm sorry, man. That'd be pretty sweet, though, wouldn't it? Like, oh, there's no those jerks. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, it's not very often I entertain myself that much. But you were you were asking me yes. about where where we were going was you the wanted to talk about the way that I solve problems. Yeah, and right. But yeah. we started with we that start line. with attitude. Well, I I think there's so much in that man. The putting the why nots and basically questioning the assum- the accepted assumptions. Uh, man, that's powerful just in that. So it's a it's a trust but verify mentality. Mm-hmm. Like okay, if we've already come to a, a juncture where we don't know what to do, right? That's problem solving. It's not working. We need to do something. Okay. Well, are you sure that that doesn't work? Yeah. Right. If you're in a maze and it's like, well, we already tried that way. Are you 100% certain? Right. Yeah. Like, are you 100% certain that if we go that direction, there's no way we can find a way out of here? Because if the answer is not yes, if you can't say I'm 100% certain we cannot go that way, then you're not done. You've got to go back and explore that path. Not like, oh, well, we wandered around for a while and we didn't find our way out. Are you 100% certain that in that direction, there is no way out of here, mm. right? Until you can say that, you can't eliminate that. Yeah. That's also a great way to get what you want from customer service people. Because truthfully, this, I mean, problem solving with customer service people, which we've all sat on the phone mm-hmm. and been frustrated by, what you just said, you know, is, is exactly the case. If you stick at it, how many stories do we have where a friend will be like, oh, I just, I just kept saying I wanted to go speak to a manager until I eventually got to somebody that gave me exactly what I wanted. Oh, yeah. I'll, whenever I, I don't like being on the phone with people like that. But wh- when, I, when I am, I am very challenging, right? Is that a written, documented rule for your company, or is that just something that you guys do? Can you please record those conversations? Because <laughs> I, I think that would be very entertaining. Okay, so Garrett's first approach, first thing that you look at whenever you approach a problem is you say you ask the question, "What is the best possible solution?" Well, let's start with you know what does it say in our intro about impossible questions or, or about things that are impossible? Well, you say if I had to, what would it take? Right. The answer to any impossible task or the solution to any impossible task starts with a thought process of if I had to, what would it take? And which is, that's really my attitude about the problem, right? So I start by having a right attitude about the problem. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's kind of, we're kind of looking at that, that prerequisite comes in there. Okay. Well, then you would define best, right? Well, I'm going to have the right attitude about the problem. And then I'm going to, these are the things that like right at the beginning of the problem. Have the right attitude about the problem. Like, let's believe that anything believe is possible. Po- yeah. Let's put everything back on the table, okay. right? All these things you said that we can't do it, put them back on the table, right? Okay. We're not. We're going to trust but verify. Every single one of these things that you're saying, well, we can't do this. What are any of the possibilities? Well, you can't do that. Are you 100% certain? Right. Right. I'm going to get it all back on the table. Then, after eliminating, after eliminating, okay, yep. We can't jump our way to outer space. That's okay. Let's take that one off the table. Mm -hmm. Once I've done that, then I'm going to say, what is the best possible scenario here? Mm -hmm. Like, what do I, okay, I can't jump to outer space, but if I could do this, that would be the best thing. Yeah. What would be the next best thing? Right. Because a lot of times you're not going to get the thing that you would love to have in problem solving, but I'm going to look for what, okay, what is the best thing? And I'm going to try and back my way into that thing. Okay. And so like, I'm going to try to engineer the solution that I want to have, then I'm at, so basically you kind of narrow the problem down and you might run into a wall. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like you're going to come to another situation where you're like, yep, this is actually not possible as well. 
when you, by finding that you narrow the problem down even further. Right. Right. So this finds me like step, you know, step a is get all this, have the right attitude, get all the possibilities back on the table, eliminate the can't jump to outer space solutions and then define what is best. Mm. Okay. And then, so I'm going to engineer what is the best solution. And when I, if I run into a roadblock, then I'm going to be back at step a again. Okay. With what I have left on the table, what's the best possible solution? Right. Okay. So when you, because the reason I do that, yeah. the, the point of that is don't aim low in your problem solving. Right. Right. Like, and you've got to define first, you got to define what is best is best fastest is best cheapest is best. Like I have to be effective. Failure is ex- mm, extremely yeah. consequential. You've got to define best. Okay. That makes see that helps. Okay. Cause the next step that you have is to analyze the problem, which I'll be honest when we were going through this and you put these down in order, I was surprised that wasn't the first thing, considering we said that a lot of people fail for not for solving the wrong problem and not clearly define the problem. So now that you put some solutions on the table, you put everything on there, you've eliminated the bad ones, you've defined what's best. So what are the parameters of what a, a must have for your solution is now you're going to analyze the problem. So this is assuming that we're already talking about the right problem. Okay. Right. So by analyze the problem, I'm saying analyze the maze. This is, you're, you're reading from the things that I put up on the board real quick. I'm, I'm talking through it. The analyze the problem fits in between step A and step B. Okay. Where I'm saying like, are you 100% certain? Right. Okay. That's in the analyze the problem category. Okay. 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 So that's all part of, that's all part of the first, the first phase of things. And then you would also clearly define the problem at that stage as well. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So we're talking about my problem solving. Yes. So like. This is a, we've already clearly defined the problem at this point. Okay, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I, I yeah. left out a few uh, prerequisites. No, it's okay. We, we want to explain it clearly so everybody understands. If you don't understand, I'm certain our audience doesn't understand. Yeah. So thank you for clarifying. No, that's okay. I yes, just want to make we're sure. We're talking about how, to, like, how do I solve problems? Yeah. And I'm talking about, I'm solving a problem that I've already you clearly already defined. Okay, the problem. so yeah. Okay, so if you were going to come to this completely from cold, as if you just turned on the podcast right now, and you want to take Garrett's approach to solving the problem, step one would be to analyze the problem and clearly define the problem. Mm-hmm. Then step two, you would start looking at solutions. So this would, let's put us in the maze really quick. Okay. It's like, hey, we're lost in the maze. Like, we don't know the way out of here. I'm going to say, is that really the problem? Yeah, okay. And I'm going right. to say- do, like, do we just need, do we need to get out of here right now? Or is there something we're supposed to do in here? Like, is lost really the problem? Mm, right? Because yeah. a lot of people, will, if I'm in a maze, I have to get out of here. Yeah. Do you? Right? That's, what, that's the, okay, mm. just pause for a second. What's really the problem here? Mm. Is it, were we supposed to have a guide? Do we just need to make a phone call? If I shoot up a flare, is somebody going to come get us? Like, what's really the problem here? And that's, the, that's just the pause at the very beginning. Like, what is the problem? Mm. Clearly define the problem. But if the if we are lost in a maze, that's the problem. Okay, let's talk about that. Right. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Thank you for giving, going back to the, the practical example. I think those are always good to have an analogy to go with it. So then you talked about from there, we're going to look at the all the solutions. You're going to break down or verify all the unknown challenges. That's where you're going with like the can'ts and you're questioning them, mm-hmm. right? And then you you're going to look at all your solutions and hypothesize, you know, various solutions that are options with all of them on the table and start going, what is the best possible solution? And you're going to do that by defining what best means. Cause like you said, is our problem really getting out of the maze? Well, yeah, it is getting out of the maze. If our problem, if, if we define the best solution as just getting out, 
as fast as possible, we might blow right. up the walls. So, is that, exactly. Yes. That's, that's, that's hypothesized solutions. Right. Okay. If the problem really is that we're stuck in the maze, mm-hmm. then the best possible solution is for us to get out of the maze quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Then I'm going to start saying, well, what if we did this? Right. Right. Well, what if we did that? And that's going to help you say, okay, can or can't do this. Right. We've verified what is and what isn't possible, or sometimes we're not certain what is possible, so we got to go test it. Mm. It's like, could we just walk through the maze, like walk through the hedges? I don't know. Yeah. Let's try. I'm thinking of that Homer Simpson meme that we've all seen where he just appears from the hedges. Yeah, yeah. that could be us, and we could get out like that. Okay, see, that's good, man. The maze, I'm starting to kind of understand this more now as well. So then, That's what problems are a lot like mazes, yeah. right? There is a clear solution, but inside the maze, you can't see it. Yes, no, that's so true, man. And then you said you would prioritize solutions. Is that's that is that go along with defining best? Mm-hmm. So pri- I'm going to prioritize solutions out of what is best for me, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to prioritize solutions by I'm going to look at okay, what are the what are solutions that I can test quickly? What are solutions that are based off of known facts? Right? If, like for example, about the maze, if I knew that the maze couldn't be so bi- like if I can see trees 50 yards away, like then I know that the that are outside the maze, then I know the maze is only so big. Right. I'm going to start using information that I have to box my problem and frame my problem. Like if, if the maze is, you know, a mile wide, I might start thinking of some different types of solutions for how to get out of here. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So I want to, I want to just do a recap of this before we sort of close out and, and send users off to solve problems. So, well, let's, let's finish on prioritized solutions here. Yeah, I thought, I thought you were, yeah. Prioritize solutions out of what you have defined as best or whatever you know about the challenges. So, right, like, if best is to go as fast as possible, then I'm going to say, okay, what are three um, three different solution hypotheses that I could test really quickly? Right. Right, I want to get through these things quickly. Or, like, what if I only get one attempt at the maze? Right. Okay, then I'm going to look at all my possible solutions and I'm going to spend some time thinking which one of these statistically has the greatest chance of success, right? Being able to blow up the walls or like, you know, what if we could tear down the bricks, right? right? Yeah. That's probably not a statistically high solution, but you might like this is, you know, you can take this way of thinking and go into an escape room, right? Yeah, for like sure. Like being on the clock versus not being on the clock. Being able to tear down the bricks, that's probably not... Um, statistic like if that's if I only get one shot that's probably not what I'm going to go for but if I can take a lot of different shots and I'm just trying to go quickly I might just real quickly verify that this is or isn't possible Mm. right so you hypothesize your solutions or you prioritize your hypotheses based upon what is best Mm. okay no that makes sense okay so I want to rehash your problem solving because I think I screwed up the uh, order there so apologies to everybody for that so absolute start you analyze the problem and you clearly define the problem and you didn't screw it up. There's a cyclical nature to problem solving. It's not linear. Oh, right. Like you keep you keep making laps until you figure it out. Huh. Right. Okay. Well, that because no, you come back to a certain if you unless you get the solution. If you don't get the solution, you come back to a certain point again. So you didn't screw that up. Right. You, you just started somewhere in the circle, and we completed the circle. So right. it's okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to choose to start at uh, at, at a more linear focus type of way of okay. thinking here. Maybe that's just my brain on display here, but. Uh, I don't know. We talked about so many things with people defining the wrong problem or not clearly, you know, defining it and solving the so, wrong one. So with, even with that one, like let's just, just for example of what we just went through, you can even think you have the problem clearly defined and then you'll get going on it and you'll say, 
and we we weren't looking at the right. problem the right way. And around. then you're still back at yeah. A again. Okay. Right. Uh, so it's just sense. really understanding the cyclical nature of problem solving than just the linear one shot of okay. problem solving. No, that but makes you want to start with clearly define the problem. So start there. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And, and understand that you may not get it right the first time. Okay. So analyze the problem. Clearly define the problem. But what comes the one the one attitude the linear yep the, the one thing that is always step one is yeah. attitude. Step one. Take a breath. Check yourself. Are your emotions out of control? Where's your attitude? Believe that this can be solved. And, and yep. yeah, you have That's to come great. in with that. Analyze the problem. Clearly define the problem. And you went through clearly define the problem, meaning that you start to go to all the sub layers. Like, okay, my, and you gave the example. Break it down. Yeah, yeah. my employees have a bad attitude. Okay, let's go below that. You know, what's causing their bad attitude? And then you start going down. Is action. that really the issue yeah. or is that what caught your attention? Exactly. Oh, great question. Okay. So you keep going down until you get to the point. The symptom is rarely the problem. 100%. The attitudes were the symptom. In this case, yeah, for sure. And typically that is the case. Okay, then we're going and we are looking at putting everything back on the table. We're putting all of the potential possibilities. We're not going with the can'ts. And we're breaking down or verifying all unknown challenges. So, well, we can't can't jump our way to the moon. Why not? Are you you 100% certain you cannot jump your way to the moon? That's the example you gave. And that's a great question. Are you 100? That's an easy question to ask. Are you 100% certain about your can'ts? If and you may, not, you may have can'ts that you're not 100% certain about, but you're going to say like, you know what? I'm like 97% certain on this. So let's put this one like in the back yeah. and we'll know it's not 100%, but we won't come back to this one unless we're 100% about everything else. Yeah. And, and so from there, then you'll look at, uh, then you'll look at what is the best possible solution and by defining the yeah, best. Yeah, that's, that, right? that's a step that I add in that's really not a part of scientific method. Okay. Um, that's really, I would say, just Garrettism. Is I'm going to, like, what is it that I want the problem? Like, how do I want the problem to be solved? What do I think is the best possible solution here? Not just, I want to make the problem go away. What would be the best, right? So yeah. that's something that I add in. Instead of, like, saying, like, how can I just get through this or get around this? I'm trying to, like, some sometimes... Best is like, I do just need to get past this, but it, that's not always the case. So you're actually almost kind of visual. That's almost like a visualization technique of like visualizing, hey, what is the best solution? Here? And it, like, it what builds be on win? The, the best builds upon that, that attitude hmm. thing, right? I, so I bring, I'm not afraid to bring the human element first because it's my life and the problems that I'm facing. I bring the human part of me into the scientific method because the scientific method can just be very data and logic driven. Yeah. Like if then, does this work? Does this work? Does this work? Yes, but I'm going to bring a piece of me into my problem solving, which is my right attitude mm. and a belief that there's like there is a best situation here. Man, so this ha- I feel like this happens every episode. The <laughs> light bulb went on, man. Like I understand why you stressed attitude so much based on what you just said because we could come in and say we're just going to solve the problem and like you said, we could get through it and the problem is solved, but when we put in the step of what is the best possible solution, we have to have a prerequisite attitude of saying how am I going to make this a win? This is like a Romans eight twenty eight. It is. It's attitude. believing. It's, yes. yes that it's, all things work together for the good of those who, who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's that attitude of like, you know what? Things aren't looking good right now, but I know there's going to be a win. What is that? What is the best win going to look like for me? Right. I, that's what I bring to my problem solving right. that makes me problem solve a little bit differently than yes. other people. So some people might be, just be trying to get to B and you're like, yo, there's a Z out there that's amazing. And I'm going to find the line to that. And y'all are just looking for the B, the A to B line. Yep. Oh man, I it's like good. That. So that's like that's pain-based problem solving or yes. purpose-based problem solving. Honestly, like pain-based <laughs> is like I just want to make the pain go away. Purpose is like I believe this is happening for a reason. Like this is an opportunity to learn. 
and let's really learn. Let's not just make it go away. I love that you're saying that while you're sat in a mission ready shirt as well. Uh, <laughs> if any, if ever there was a man who who has purpose in his life, you are one of the, oh, the most purpose driven person I've ever met of anybody. Honestly, it's, it's, well, I don't want to be pleasure driven and I don't want to be pain driven. So no, for sure. I, I, I appreciate that about you a lot. So, okay. So I had that epiphany while we were talking about it, despite the fact that we talked about this <laughs> numerous times before. Uh, so hopefully you listener can get it you a lot faster than You only have to be told me. once, but you have to be reminded many times. This is, these are always, I, I love these podcasts. These are reminders for me too. No, I know, but you, I think you also just like to watch me sl- like see how many times you have to say something to me <laughs> before I actually uh, you get catch it. it. You catch it the first time most times. Well, not this time, but thank you. Okay, so now you've, you've analyzed the problem. You've clearly defined it. You've said what is the best possible solution. You've defined what's best for you. And then you've put all the potential solutions on the table You've challenged your can'ts, and then you've hypothesized, you know, as part of that, you've hypothesized your solutions by putting them on the table. And then based on what the defining is the best is, now you're in a position where you can prioritize your solutions and say, hey, you know what? We could uh, blow up the walls of this maze. I'd, I'd rather, and the reason I do that, I'd rather prioritize by best than by pri- prioritize by doubt. Right. And that's what a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And they suffer in their problem solvings because they prioritize but they prioritize their thought process of like, well, this is probably all I could do, right? They don't even, they don't, they don't put everything back on the table. Man, I can't emphasize, <laughs> honestly, man, I'm just like, we need some sort of grenade sound effect for whenever I'm like, whenever I'm like dumbfounded for a second. So it can just fill the, the quiet space of me like, we need like some of those cuckoo bird sounds, man. I so understand why the attitude and what you just said about purpose-driven salt problem solving rather than, than pain-driven problem solving. This is like the ice bath. All of, like, yep. man, okay. I, I mean, I, honestly, I'm so grungy. Like, I don't think this has ever happened. Nick is, is lost. I am, no, I'm not. I'm found. Like, this is this is freaking amazing. Like, I that just dawned on me. Uh, that's I mean, that's like that's a recipe to like not Nick just, is sitting in his chair, but mentally, Nick is doing laps oh, around dude, the room right now. I am like, like, I'm like, dude, I'm holding my my breath underneath the the, the cold water in the freeze tank for like five minutes. All right, right let's now. let's I'm, wrap I'm it up for him. Wrap it up. Well, gee, you're gonna have to take it. I'm lost, man. My my brain is melted. We just went through Garrett's approach to problem solving. I had the revelation of how important the attitude and understanding and the belief that you really can have a best possible solution and not just accepting the pain driven or the uh, common accepted uh, practices for things like, oh well, you know, you just. How about this? this why don't Why don't you, in the show notes, put down? I will the Thank process because yeah. that'll be your takeaway from this podcast. And I know that's what you wanted to end with, right? I did want to end with takeaways. Yeah. I mean, so the takeaway, thank you, G for bringing me back. Around. I got you. Genuinely, genuinely, that was a mind blown moment for me. So thank you. I'm going to have to re-listen to this when I'm not uh, sat in front of a mic. And, but the, uh, the takeaway for this on this one, we're going to go ahead and put something out on social media. This will drop on a Monday. We're going to put something on our social media because we want to hear your takeaways from this. Uh, we love getting feedback from you guys, getting your comments, any questions that you have or show ideas. We always appreciate that, but we want to hear from you because right now this is, you know, if we just go like this and we never hear back, this is a one-way communication. That's not typically good communication. We want two-way. So the takeaway and the challenge for this week is for y'all to get on our social media, which is at the impossible life on uh, Instagram and at the impossible life on Facebook and give us, give us your takeaway from this. Like what was your takeaway from the problem solving because we know you have problems. Everybody has them. Jay-Z has 99 of them. And that's a, you're doing pretty good if you only have 99 problems, honestly. Well, I can tell you. 
<laughs> I tell you what, one of them's not. But uh, I'm not going to say that because it's a clean podcast. But uh, yeah, so that's that's your challenge. That's your takeaway, G. So and, instead of a challenge, right, we're asking for a takeaway. Yeah, we're asking for you to get, give not, us a we're takeaway. We're not telling you we want you to go do something. We're saying give us your takeaway. And if you don't, if if you're new to takeaways, what's the takeaway, Nick? And what podcast have we talked about that on? Uh, I would have to check. You can go back and look. We have we have. I think it was episode nine. Actually, we covered takeaways. It's like the chapter markers for your life. If you are not reflecting and pausing on your life and coming away with takeaways, you are missing out on a lot of the value of your life. Uh, it would be like the chapter title of your life. That's how I define takeaways are like the spark notes for your life. There you go. And once again, you just did it way better. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to go shame myself and get ready for the next podcast because, uh, yeah, I just need to pull my brain back together. man. All right. We look forward to hearing everyone's takeaways from this. We do. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plunges should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.